and providing kind of that, again, the science and the being a voice of reason, um, trying to keep things in perspective, how the physicians are, are approaching it, uh, making sure the physicians are heard and seen during all of this. I think all of that really was brought to the forefront. Welcome everyone to the first official episode of the Arizona Pulse podcast, a podcast in support of the online digital magazine, the Arizona Pulse, produced by the Arizona Medical Association. I'll be your host, Damian Johnson, Director of Communications with the Arizona Medical Association. With this being our first episode, it only felt right to invite the current Arizona Medical Association President and Physician Champion, Dr. Ross Goldberg. In this interview, we dive into his background, experience, and forecast for the future of organized medicine. Before we dive into our interview with Dr. Goldberg, we'd like to mention that this episode is brought to you by the Arizona Medical Association, otherwise known as ARMA. ARMA works to empower physicians, move medicine, and shape care. Visit azmed.org to learn more about membership with ARMA, find resources for your practice of medicine, become involved in physician advocacy, and much more. And now, let's jump right into our interview with Dr. Ross Goldberg. All right. Uh, this is uh, Damian Johnson here with the Arizona Medical Association. Uh, I have the pleasure of sitting down and uh, talking with Dr. Ross Goldberg. Dr. Goldberg, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Great, great. Uh, so I guess we'll we'll start off this uh, this conversation, this interview with you. Uh, why don't you give us a little bit, tell us a little bit about yourself, give us your background, let the audience know a, a little bit more about you before we get into the other questions we have. Uh, sure. If you've uh, heard me at all speak, you can tell I'm not from Phoenix. I'm an East Coast boy, born in New York, grew up in Northern Jersey. I dearly did my med school and all of my training on the East Coast. I uh, moved out to Phoenix just under nine years ago now to, for my first job, which I still have. Um, I joke in saying, fortunately, I haven't been fired yet. Uh, I'm a practicing general surgeon uh, in Phoenix. I, I'm the district medical group vice chair of surgery at uh, Valley Wise Health. I do kind of your standard uh, bread and butter general surgery, uh, gallbladders, hernias, appendixes, lumps and bumps, but I also do cancer, uh, foreguts, so stomach, esophagus, liver, pancreases, biliary. so a bunch of that stuff too. We have residents and students. So I've been actively involved in teaching and uh, working at ValleyWise, which is the uh, county facility. So I've been here for the last almost nine years. And obviously through ARMA, they know, uh, you guys know I'm active in the health policy and advocacy world. I've been doing that since I was a first year med student. So really over 21 years now, uh, I've been actively engaged uh, in all of this. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Great. Thank you. Uh, so you are the current president of the Arizona Medical Association for the next month or so here before the ARMA's annual meeting. Uh, as you're finishing up that year, what would you say is one the one biggest takeaway that you have from leading the largest organization that represents physicians in Arizona? Well, obviously, yeah, this, this year has not been a normal year, as everyone likes to remind me. I didn't need the reminding. I kind of been living through it with everyone else. Uh, COVID definitely uh, shifted our agenda sideways on us from the beginning. Uh, I am grateful. What I, what I am actually most thankful for, what I, the biggest takeaway 
I want the members to understand is how how talented our staff is. Um, this was a obviously a team effort on how to address this issue, and we had to expand and go in multiple places that we haven't been in before, and do it rapidly and efficiently, and be transparent with our membership about what was going on. Um, that does not happen with individuals. We have a great executive committee, great board of directors, all physician volunteers, but the staff do the day-to-day -day work to make it all look so easy for us. So, you know, I knew we had a good staff, but I didn't realize the talent we had until we were all put in kind of this pressure cooker. Uh, and I want everyone to know that they should feel very comfortable knowing that that behind the scenes, that the reason ARMA is as, as, as successful as it is, is a, lot, a large part to our staff. All right, Dr. Goldberg. So where do you hope to see ARMA headed in the future? Maybe the five, next five to 10 years, what do you see ARMA doing? How do you see it going? I really hope you know, we are the largest uh, organization you know, representing physicians, but we still don't represent all the physicians in the state. And I really would like to see uh, more physicians join ARMA just so we can diversify, continue to diversify our membership, but also make sure we really are representing every corner of the state and that every voice is heard from the physician side. Um, it's complex, all the stuff that we deal with in healthcare, and we don't really want people to be out on their own in an island. We wanna make sure they have the support they need. So my hope is as we continue to do more, expand more, opening up more service lines, that will make us more attractive to maybe those who have not thought about us in the past, weren't sure if the investment was worth it. And I, my hope is that we continue to grow and continue to have the influence we have. I'm very proud of all the relationships we didn't just solidify over this past year, but the new ones we forged and that we really worked hard to make sure that we were seen publicly, privately within you know our legislature as a reasonable, unbiased, straightforward opinion of just focusing on medicine and science. And I think doing that for, uh, help increase our credibility and our ability to advocate for our members in a constructive fashion. And also while getting the respect of those, maybe they don't always agree with us, but they know they can work with us to a common goal. We did a lot of work with different stakeholders this year. And my hope is that they understand that we will continue to grow and be that voice for the physicians, but not to be a barrier, but to be more of a partner in all of this. And my hope is that we continue to have that ability to grow and interact with other groups to really make sure that we are advocating for our physician members and really, by extension, all of our patients that we take care of. You know, it's uh, you bring up a good point, especially what we've seen with this pandemic recently, you know, over the last year or so. Uh, I think that uh, organized medicine has really shown its level of importance in the in in the field of medicine itself and uh how how much we're able to you know protect uh and speak out on behalf of the majority of physicians in arizona you know with all the different various executive orders the work that's been done down at the legislature uh so you, you bring up some great points there and i think uh if anything, this will this pandemic and the efforts that have been done here at ARMA, as well as the other stakeholders in the community, is definitely going to show the importance of uh, associations like ourselves. Yeah, it's the old adage of never let a good crisis go to waste. Um, you know, I know people have been have questioned in the past about what is the utility of an organized medicine concept. The, you know, these these organizations, and like you said, we really kind of showed why we were needed and why it was so important because. You know, meeting with, you know, government bodies and public health officials on a weekly basis to help 
coordinate efforts, uh, being a resource and educating and being a two-way street, interacting with the media and providing kind of that, again, the science and the, being a voice of reason, um, trying to keep things in perspective, how the physicians are, are approaching it, uh, making sure the physicians are heard and seen during all of this. I think all of that really was brought to the forefront. Examples are people would come to us who would want to write letters or do activities to reach to either the governor's office or the legislature. And they realized that adding ARMA's name to it or partnering with ARMA increased the, the chance that it would actually be listened to and given its due diligence. I think we have definitely built up a credibility factor that we have been very careful to make sure that we are only speaking truth and speaking science to make sure that we continue to maintain that level uh, within the community so they know that we're the voice they can come listen to on all of these issues. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, uh, we've, we've had a lot of conversation about COVID uh, thus far, and uh, I, I want to kind of transition a little bit to, uh, you know, it, as it goes without saying that COVID-19 has impacted everyone, both, you know, uh, personally and professionally across the globe. And, Try to get a little more personal here with you and uh, ask you, how has it affected you as someone working in healthcare and, you know, as someone that's a leader, you know, within the healthcare system that you work at as well, uh, both, I guess, professionally and how has it affected you personally? Well, personally, like everyone else, it isolates you for a while, you know, staying away from people. I haven't seen my family uh, since Thanksgiving of 2019 now. So we're going a month, a year and a half now. I've talked to them, but I haven't seen them because, you know, I'm afraid of giving them COVID or being exposed to COVID. I mean, we're working on that now. So, you know, as someone who is involved in a lot of different organizations, I used to travel a fair amount. I, I haven't been on an airplane in, in now 13 months, which is a very, very weird feeling for me. Um, you know, I used to, you know, I have to figure out if I remember what Sky Harbor looks like when I go back there and I don't get lost. Uh, you know, there's also been a stress professionally. Um, you know, while I was very fortunate that my hospital was very transparent with what was going on, what our resources were, what the plan was uh, involved in those, you know, daily briefings they would give us and having access to our leadership. And they were very easy to talk to us and hear, give, allow us to give feedback that helped, but there was still the overall stress. And, you know, it was frustrating to watch things happen and unfold in front of you. You couldn't control and then have people help contribute to that sometimes to make it worse or sometimes better, um, it can get quite frustrating. And there's always the highs and the lows about it. I think there's, we all reach a limit at some point, uh, just wanting to take a break. And, you know, just one of those, sometimes you want to put your head down for a day and not think about it. It was tough to do during this because there really wasn't any room to do exactly that because we always have to be taking care of something as we found out when this pandemic hit us with full force. It didn't help that we were the worst place on the planet for a couple of times. You know, that just added to the additional stress, you know, not only just to getting it yourself, but, you know, dealing with what came with it. Hey, that's uh, some great feedback. I think you appreciate that, uh, that insight, especially as yourself as a, as a leader within the healthcare community. It's good to hear from all levels of how individuals have been affected and how they've handled it uh, moving forward as well. So you've, uh, I think we, we've talked before, you know, you've, you've participated in a handful of interviews over the last, you know, 13 months or so. I mean, I think what are we up to about, you know, 
75 or so interviews, uh, you know, as I think we're over a hundred now, actually over a hundred. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, arm is definitely, uh, you know, benefited from your experience, you know, speaking with the media, being that, that spokesperson for us, but, uh, what is Dr. Goldberg do? What does he do when he's not on live television or operating on patients or leading ARMA? What, what does he do in his free time? If that, if that even exists, I mean, does, uh, does that exist? Let's, let's start with that. There was a little less of it this year. I would say, um, uh, I appreciate our, our memberships and their passions. Uh, a lot of people have my have ways of contacting me, so I would hear from people all the time, which is fine, which is what you're supposed to do in this role. Uh, the media too. Uh, we laugh about, you know, the the, and I'm very thankful for the relationships I've developed with, especially our local reporters, even some national reporters. Um, but yeah, I, I've gotten like, take even recently get randomly called, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? So I've kind of always been available and ready to do that. So it does kind of make things interesting when. You go home and then you're like, hey, can you be on TV in two hours? And it's eight o'clock at night. You're like, okay. And you just kind of go ahead and do it, but realize the importance of getting that uh, the voice across. Uh, yeah, the running joke is I, I'm actually not a practicing doctor at the hospital anymore. I just play one on TV. Uh, it is something to have random patients who I'm not taking care of tell me they see me on TV now. It's a, I've never had that experience before. I'm thankful I'm back in the operating room uh, a little more full time now. But, um, Honestly, I take advantage of whenever I had downtime to relax. Uh, those that know me, I am a Lego enthusiast is what I call it. So that is kind of just building actual Lego sets. I've designed a couple um, are just a good hobby to, kind of, again, as a surgeon, not a surprise using my hands. Um, but uh, doing that, I still, I'm supposed to be playing the piano more often than I am. I've been doing that since I was a little boy. So I have a, a weighted keyboard at home as well, just things to keep my hands busy. I turn off parts of my brain to kind of relax and just enjoying all of that. Uh, that has helped keep me calm, somewhat balanced. Uh, I'll unplug for a while, do that for a little bit and then go back to work. So that's kind of been my life for the last year. Nothing super exciting, but now that I, you know, I'm vaccinated, maybe go out and venture back in the world a little bit. Uh, hopefully that'll pick things back up on that end. Yeah, no, we, uh, I remember seeing the the logo you did for the AMA logo, right? For the Legos. I, yeah, I got asked. Uh, I was very fortunate. A good friend who I, I quote unquote grew up with in the AMA, uh, Dr. Jesse Ehrenfeld, last year was the chair of the board of trustees. Or it was, uh, yeah, his term ended last June, and it was going to be a big surprise for the AMA. He told me to ask me to design the logo three dimensionally in Legos. Well, first of all, finding a whole bunch of purple bricks is not so easy. Uh, second. The if you've seen the the logo of the AMA and it's that singular snake around the staff, um, trying to create that three dimensionally is also not so easy. Uh, you have to buy clear bricks too. So this is a Lego tip for people to pretend that things are quote unquote flying or floating. You use clear bricks to hold it up because obviously if I just did the logo, gravity would take over and destroy it. So I actually did design it. I took it all apart because it was supposed to be unveiled at the last face to face meeting back in June of 2020, and we haven't had a face-to-face -face meeting yet. My hope is if we're having it in November, do I get to finally give them all these bricks? I have to put it back together. I'm gonna have to ask him because I don't know what I'm doing with them otherwise. They're in storage. Um, I'm willing to take them with me to, to the November meeting to see if I can give them this monstrosity of, of the logo I've built because it's not subtle. It's, uh, 
it's a good size logo, but that was a lot of fun. It was a challenge to figure it out because even you think of straight lines, it's so easy. It's not so easy because of you have to make sure it actually stays together on one piece as you do it. So uh, I appreciated the challenge that provided. Um, since I haven't built it in a while, I think rebuilding it's going to be interesting. But uh, yes, I did design that. I've designed a large OR suite. I did that for the American College of Surgeons. It was uh, started as one room, became eight rooms. It was about five feet by like three feet in size, about 7,500 pieces. So those have been fun. Those have been challenges. Yeah, that's great. It's definitely something to keep your mind busy. Um, so speaking of uh, keeping your mind busy, I, I'd like to close out with, uh, you know, just one quick one question, I guess, you know, what your your term is up next month in April or in April this of 2021. What is the next step for Dr. Goldberg? Uh, a break? No, uh, <laughs> obviously I'll still be uh, working with um, ARMA. Uh, we have a fantastic president coming in, Dr. Miriam Anand. Uh, I have consistently said, and I believe it, that we are upgrading in the position, uh, which I think is going to serve all of our members well. Uh, media, she and I have talked about it, and I'll do it for the hospital still as well. My hospital, I will probably still talk to the media just because I've built those relationships. I have been on TV for so long. Uh, so I'll be involved doing that. I still have, uh, I'm involved in other national organizations and taking leadership roles there as well. Um, there's always new opportunities that appear. I am fortunate that, you know, this has afforded my ability to, to make new connections that I haven't made before. And my hope is that I can use that for some positive gain to help, you know, organize medicine and my patients in general. So I have plenty on the plate coming. Uh, there's always, uh, I've been quoting recently, the, one of my favorite TV shows of all time was the West Wing. And one thing they always did at, at the end of any big thing was always what's next. That's always what the next qu the question was, right? They can just so solve the world and they'll go, all right, what's next? So the what's next for me is uh, probably diving into to more of this, just in different forms, uh, working with whoever's interested and different stakeholders to see how I can advance uh, the practice of medicine and see where it goes. Great. Well, Dr. Goldberg, it has been a pleasure to have the opportunity to sit down and talk with you. Uh, it's been a pleasure to work with you over the last year. Uh, we've, uh, you know, we've become, become pretty close over the last year uh, with, with our text messages and phone calls and random things going on on the weekends and evenings and early mornings. So, uh, you know, I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure working with you. I look forward to what, what's next for you and, uh, you know, having to have taken this experience of working with you and uh, seeing what comes next. So uh, thank you for participating in our very first podcast episode. Uh, we're excited to, uh, to get this launched and um, look forward to the opportunities that it brings. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the first episode of the Arizona Pulse podcast. We appreciate you joining us as we begin this adventure. We would like to quickly remind you that this podcast was brought to you by the Arizona Medical Association. Visit azmed.org to learn more. Also, be sure to check out our online digital magazine, The Arizona Pulse, at azpulse.org. Here you will find more articles and information covering the pulse of Arizona's healthcare industry. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast for alerts on future episodes, share this episode with a colleague, and show your support on social media. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Arizona Pulse. We'll catch you on the next episode. Stay safe and be well.